I love that song, So Will I, because whatever Jesus did, that's there again, being a disciple. He loves, so will I. That's what he's looking at. Are we going to follow him? Are we going to trust him? Well, we've been continuing to talk about things that block us from being able to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. So in diving in his ocean of love for more of God's pearls, we discover two things that can block us from hearing his word for us. Distractions and a thankless heart that is full of gloom, despair, and agony. So today we're going to talk about how God wants us to trust him instead of worry, fear, and anxiety, and trying to figure things out in our life. You know, we're, we're very good at trying to think about things and trying to figure it out and use our own knowledge. So with some situations taking place in life, a couple of years ago, I was telling the Lord that I felt like a wanderer, W-A-N-D-E-R-E-R, -E -E and I'm spelling it for a reason. He spoke this to me, oh, my precious daughter, you only feel like a wanderer when you wonder what to do. You catch that? When you wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, what to do. When you let go of trying to figure things out and just trust me, you no longer wander. Now you are filled with my wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R. So how do we live in a life that is fickle, that's changing frequently in loyalties and interests and affections? It's fragile, it's easily broken or damaged. It's incapable of producing any useful result and it's fleeting, which is lasting for a short time. When Jesus went home, he said he would send the Holy Spirit, who is our counselor and our comforter, so we say we believe and we trust in his word, but when push comes to shove, do we really trust? That's the whole key. Do we really trust? John 14, 21 says, do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, and agitated. That's what troubled means. Is your heart distressed? Is it agitated? You believe in and adhere to me and trust in me and rely on me. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. Adhere is stick, stick to him. Do you believe, do you trust in him that no matter what is going on in your life, do you trust him? Or are you sitting around worried and anxious? and full of stress, and full of anxiety. During one of our worship times in our church, well, I'm, I'm just gonna ask you this question. What if God came to you, and he asked you, do you trust me? Let's say he came in here, he's here, but you saw him, and he sat down at that table, and he said, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Well, during one of the worship times in our church, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Jenny, do you trust me? Now that really bothered me. 
but it got my attention. <laughs> but it bothered me because it's like, well, of course I trust you. You know, and I kept saying, Lord, why did you ask me that question? Why would you ask me if I trust you when all these years I have totally been trusting you and following you? This is what he said. Real trust does not include worry or anxiety. Now, can I say I've never worried? I've never felt anxious? Of course not. I can't say that. Trust does not try to figure it out. Can I say that I've never tried to figure it out? Of course not. I've tried to figure it out. Trust in me gives everything to me. So think about that. Trust in him gives everything to him. Have you given everything? And ask him. Sometimes we think we've given everything, and then we really haven't. There's something that we've held back, and maybe we're not even realizing it not even thinking about it. Trust does not hold on to any desires, but give all the desires to me. Are you holding any desires? Are you holding on to something that maybe is never going to happen because that's not what God's plan is for you? And trust did not think about the past, the present, or the future. Are you sitting about right now trusting the Lord as we sit here? Now, it's easy when we're in church and we hear a message and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get out there and it's like something happens, something comes up. Always something's going to come up because that's the life that we live in. That's the world that we live in. So trust knows the future is in his hands. This is what he's saying. It's in my hands. Trust has no answers, but relies on me who is the answer. Trust has no answer, but it relies on him because he is the answer. Trust follows my lead step by step. That's what we have to do, step by step. You don't know what, which step to move into? You wait. You keep trusting him. You keep relying on him. You keep clinging to him. You keep holding on to him who is the light, who will lead you on the path that he has called you to be. Trust does not look at your perfection, but sees my reflection. How many of us are trying to be perfect? I talk to so many people and they're saying, I got to do this. I got to do this. This is, you know, this is the way it was. This is the way it has to be. This is where I was brought up. This is what we have to do. You know, no, it's not about perfection, your perfection. It's about his reflection. What does he see? You know, years ago, I think I told you this uh, another time that he showed me a piece of jewelry and he looked in that jewelry and he had to go, <laughs> make it clear because I was not ready you know we are in the process all the time we're never going to reach perfection the only perfect one is Jesus he's the perfect one but are we seeing is he able to see his reflection in us we are his precious jewels, and that's why he showed me a jewel. 
We are his precious jewels. That's who we are. So many times we don't know who we are. And we've got to get grab a hold of that. Bryn is a precious jewel. Ava is a precious jewel. You see, that's who we are. That's who God says that we are. Trust does not hide their weaknesses, but comes boldly to my throne room. The Bible says in Hebrews, come boldly to the throne room of mercy and grace. Boldly. That means that we can tell God everything. We can go right to his throne room and we can talk to him and we can tell him what's on our heart. You know what? He already knows it anyhow, doesn't he? So we might as well fess up. <laughs> we might as well tell him. Because otherwise it stays hidden in the depths of our heart and eventually it's going to come up. If we're hiding things inside, eventually it's going to come out. It's like a pressure cooker. All of a sudden, uh, just a little thing happens and the frustration comes out like anything because you've already got a deep-seated anger. And under that deep-seated anger is pain. And God wants to root out that anger, but he wants to get to that pain and heal that pain and heal those areas that you've gone through in life. Trust does not fret over tomorrow, but enjoys today. Now, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we enjoy today. What does today hold? And then he says, oh, my child, my precious one. That's what he's saying to all of us. Oh, my child, my precious one. I remember the first time that somebody came to me and they were prophesying over me and they called me a precious child. I had a hard time grabbing a hold of that because I didn't feel very precious. But it wasn't about my feelings. It's what God says about us. And so I've been hearing this for years and years and years. When God talks to me, he says, oh, my precious child. Or he'll say, oh, my precious daughter. Or he'll say, oh, my precious one. When he called me Jenny, he really got my attention because I don't hear Jenny. God knows how to get our attention. He says, come with me. I have everything under control. Do we believe that? Do we believe that he has everything under control? Because if we really believed that, we wouldn't try to figure it out. We wouldn't try to work it out. We wouldn't try to take that puzzle and try to put that piece in that doesn't fit. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. I'm calling you to enjoy every day with me. You need to get up in the morning and thank the Lord that you're going to have an awesome day. That's how I get up. <laughs> Lord, thank you. I'm going to have an awesome day with you. Does it look like it's going to be awesome outside? Nope. But I'm going to have an awesome day. I have to make that choice. We have to make that choice to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have an awesome day with you, Father. So this is my question because I write to God and God writes to me. This is what I do every, every day. I sit down. And this is what I said to him. Oh, my father, how do I enjoy every day with you? 
Some days are easier than others. Some days my agenda can be overwhelming to me. And he says, oh, my precious child, take one day at a time. Spend time with me daily, for I will comfort and surround you with my love. It's my love that carries you daily. It's his love. When you grasp the love that he has for you, that's what's going to change. That's what carries us daily. And so I said, oh, my father, I give these thoughts to you. How about our thoughts? You see, when the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus for healing, Jesus said, daughter, your faith, your confidence and trust in me, that's what faith is, has made you well. Go and it says, enter into peace untroubled, undisturbed well-being. That's where God wants us. Enter into his peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. In 2 Kings 6, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. Time and time again, Elijah warned the king of Israel where the Armenians were. The king of Aram was enraged and wanted to know how Israel knew where they would be. Well, God was letting them know. He knew. He was ahead of it. See, that's the whole thing. God is ahead of everything in our life. And I'm speaking to me. You know, I always tell you that. <laughs> I'm speaking to me as well as I'm speaking to you because we all need to hear that. We know that the Bible says he's already walked ahead of our journey, but do we believe that he's already walked ahead of our journey? He's already there. He already knows. He's got it. And one of his officers told him about Elijah, the prophet, who was saying the very words that the king would speak in his room. <laughs> He's telling on him. You know, sometimes um, a prophet will come and they will speak words that are from the Lord, and it's like, whoa, you read my mail. <laughs> right? You read my mail. The king ordered Elijah to be found and for them to take horses and chariots and a strong force to go by night and surround the city. And then in verses 15 to 17, when Elijah's servants saw this army had surrounded the city, he said, oh my Lord, what shall we do? I mean, all he could see was the natural realm. He didn't see the spiritual realm. And Elijah prayed, oh Lord, open up his eyes. How many of us need to say, Lord, open up my eyes. I want to see what you see. I don't want to just look at my little, through my little itty bitty vision. I want to see through your big telescope. I want to see what you see. And Elijah prayed, oh, Lord, open up his eyes. I believe that we need to pray that. Oh, Lord, open up my eyes over and over again. I can't see what you see, Lord. I want to see. I want to see. And then the Lord opened up the servant's eyes. And what did he see? He saw that there were more in the spirit than there was with the army in the natural. He saw all the army all around him getting ready to fight the enemy. You see, that's where he's at. We have angels all around us. And they are here for protection. They are here. They are warring angels. They are all kinds of. And remember when we studied about the angels. Can you imagine seeing the spirit world with God's angels all around us? 
Amazing. Elijah told his servant, do not be afraid. And I believe God is saying, don't be afraid of what is going on around you or what people say. My military forces are mounting their horses right now to fight the enemy that is trying to steal your peace. Think of that. See his military forces mounting their horses, ready to fight the enemy that tries to take our peace. His army is greater and more powerful than the enemy's. We need to look to him and place our trust and confidence in him and, he, and we will see what he'll do in the midst of the chaos in our life. In 2 Chronicles 20, King Jehoshaphat was told that a vast army was coming against him from Edom. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites were about to wage war with them. So you can imagine, here's another army coming. In another story in the Bible, in verse 3 it says, Then Jehoshaphat feared. Do we not fear? Of course we do. And said himself, but get this, he feared. That was his flesh. He feared. But he set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord. We go and take that fear and give it to God. We seek him as our vital need. He proclaimed a fast in all Judah. He sought the Lord. How many of us are seeking the Lord every day? You got a problem? Take it to the Lord. You don't have a problem? Praise him and thank him. And, but do that all the time, every day. Even praising and thanking when you got a problem. But seek him every day as your vital need. It's like we get up in the morning and we need something to eat physically, right? To keep going. And we definitely need our coffee. <laughs> Tea, coffee, right? We need our caffeine. All right. You look at that as a need. What about your spiritual body? What about your spiritual welfare? That's what's going to keep us going. Not, not the physical, yeah, that helps. But it's the spiritual that's going to keep us going when things get rough, when things get hard, when health starts going down. And we don't know what we're going to do. We have to trust the Lord. There again, he's ahead. First of all, we want to take a look at the fear that King Jehoshaphat felt when he heard a great army was about to wage war against him. We have that natural response. And sometimes we look at fear as being bigger than our God. Because we're focused on the fear and we're not focused on God. And we got, the only way we're going to get that focus off is to hand it over to him. So step one is to seek God immediately for your situation. Don't wait. A situation comes up, seek him right away for that. Don't wait. 
There's a song, God is bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger. And see, we, we can sing that, we can say we believe that, but there again, do we really? When we're really backed up into a corner, when it looks like it's hard and it looks like the health is taking us down, are we gonna stand strong? I keep telling Fred, we're standing strong. We're standing strong that God's got a plan for Fred, that he's got a purpose for him, and he's not done with him. We're standing strong in that. And the enemy wants to come in and wants to put, you know, all the negativity in, in our minds. But that's where we make a choice. We say no, and we say yes to God. Yes, Lord, I trust you. Yes, Lord. Step two, Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. They didn't know what to do. They proclaimed a fast. They went in and they fasted. And fasting wasn't just the fact that they weren't eating. Fasting was really seeking God for the answer. That's what fasting really is. You know, it's denying your flesh and getting more into the spirit realm. Notice the people came together to seek help from God. I love that because it's unity. We got a problem, we come together to seek God. We come together in unity to seek God for the answer. And I believe this is the heart of God for his church. Instead of fighting each other, we need to come together and seek God's heart for one another. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We are family of God. You know, I've heard people talk about, well, if the church doesn't have this and the church doesn't have that in the building, and you know, it's like, come on, let's get this together. The church is the people, not the building. <laughs> Then verses 5 to 12 says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors. He's talking to God. Who's he going to give the problem to? God. Are you not the God who is in heaven? Is he not the God that is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. I love that. Because he's declaring this. Power and might are in your hand. Why should we be afraid when power and might is in his hand? And no one can withstand you. You know, sometimes we're there focused on what the enemy's doing. And God is greater than what the enemy is. Oh, the enemy loves to get our attention. He loves to have the attention. We've got to get our attention on God. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people? He's saying, this is what you did before. Oh, I know, power and might are in your hand, and you can do it again. See, a lot of times we need to remember what he has already done. Look back in your life and see what God has done and getting you through those hard times that you didn't think you were ever going to make it. 
I can look back on those times and thought I was never going to make it. But God, that's the whole key. But God, trust him. Now, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and we will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. He doesn't say, uh, we ask you to hear us and save us. He says, you will. Do you catch this? He's declaring, he's making a declaration. You come before the Lord, you can declare that he is hearing us. Thank you, Father, that you are hearing me and you have saved me. And I cry out to you in, your distress in my distress because when I cry out to you, I know you hear me. You're a live God. God's not dead. He's fully alive. <laughs> then step three, Jehoshaphat acknowledged who God was and his power and might to fight his enemies. Are we acknowledging that? Are we acknowledging who he really is and his power and might to fight all the enemies? Enemies of sickness and disease. He's powerful. We've got to grab a hold of that. Many, many Christians are walking around with their heads down. They're discouraged. They're distressed. And it's time to join the army of the Lord and stand up and start declaring his word. Start declaring that he, you love us with an everlasting love. Your promise is never to leave us and never forsake us. Never, it says, never. You fight my battles. I know that. You fight my battles. Je Jehoshaphat wasn't looking at what his army could do. He was looking at what his great God could do. Step four is Jehoshaphat remembered and he reminded God of what he had done for the Israelites before. Lord, I know how you took me through this. This isn't too hard for you. And sometimes we look at the situations and we think, whoa, this is really, <laughs> this is really hard. This is hard. This is big. But then we got to get our eyes on our big God because he's bigger than that problem. When I'm in a very hard situation, I remember what God has done in the past. And I remind God that I know the situation isn't too hard for him. That's what we need to do. Remind him. That situation looked really hard, was really tough that we went through. But God was there. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Alas, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. There's nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. You can declare this scripture. There's nothing too hard. You, your great power made this earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Think about that. Look out there. <laughs> He made this earth. He made the heavens. Oh, my goodness. We need to see him bigger. He is bigger than all of our problems. He is bigger than all the fears and the anxiety and the stress. 
And it says, there is nothing too hard and too wonderful for you. Nothing too hard and nothing too wonderful. You see, if I pull up a chair here, am I counting on the Lord? My focus on, I don't know if this chair's gonna hold me. Well, I don't know how this is made. I gotta figure this one out before I sit down. Oh, well, I don't know. I might be a little too heavy for this chair. Well, I'm not sure about it. You think this chair will hold me? See, I trust that when I sit down on this chair, I'm not going to do any question. I can plop on this chair and, and I'm going to be all right, right? See, that's the way it is with our trust in God. We can sit on his lap every day. We can say, Father, this is what's going on in my life. Could you just put your arms around me today? Could you just hold me? I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need your guidance, Lord. Oh, you are my vital need. I need you. That's what he wants. He wants to spend time with us. Do you think about that? A holy God wants to spend time with us. Can you imagine? Sometimes I don't want to spend time with me. <laughs> but he wants to spend time with me every day. Every day. When we spend time daily in the presence of the Lord, we begin to rest in knowing that he has a plan. We don't have to try to figure it out, but we have confidence in him that he's already walked our journey and has everything in place. He's got everything in place. We begin to accept his word as truth and recognize that he is our father who has the best for us. I remember that show years ago, Father Knows Best. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Father does know best. And sometimes it doesn't always work out the way we plan or the way that we want to. But his plan is greater than our plan. And he's got things hidden that we don't know. Secrets, mysteries that we don't understand. But are we gonna trust? Are we gonna rely on him? Are we gonna cling to him? Are we gonna accept his word as truth? Are we gonna recognize that he has the best? Are we going to praise him no matter what the situation is? So the question is, do you trust God no matter what is going on in your life? Do you trust him? There's a song I'm going to have Isaac put on, and it's Trust in You. And I love this song because as you listen to the words, she's really releasing everything to the Lord. I will trust in you no matter what.